be blessed by. Amen. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, the life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. You can be seated. I want to thank every single person once again who worked on the ladies' conference. Our, our team, our helps team was awesome. Our worship team was awesome. And uh, women were blessed from all over the region. And uh, we just had a great time. And, you know, uh, God's really not finished with us yet. We have the opportunity to, to finish today, to finish strong. Amen. And we are blessed this morning. Again, as you've heard on the announcements, this is a, a kind of a unique opportunity uh, for you, for us. Um, there will be a different speaker in 8.30 and 10.30. So you're more than welcome to stay and just get a double dip. What good news, amen? You can get a double dip uh, from what God has for us. But this morning, we're so blessed and honored and privileged to have John and Michelle Groomwald with us. And uh, we have known them uh, for a number of years now. And, uh, you know, some of you have been a part with uh, the relationship that we have with them as they have been in Germany and established a church and a Bible school there. They are now overseers uh, for Rama over uh, Europe and the Middle East and Africa. And so uh, they have large responsibilities. They are uh, translating books, getting word out, training uh, leaders and students, and they're just doing a tremendous work really all over the world. And it's always awesome to be able to receive from that uh, anointing, the ministry, the gift that's on the inside of them, but then they also the opportunity that we have to reciprocate in relationship uh, to see really the world impacted through those gods called to those uh, regions of the world. And so uh, we're just so blessed and, and thankful that you've come. And, and uh, John uh, was a special speaker uh, in the ladies' conference. How many of you ladies just enjoyed that? Uh, he talked about four women that influenced his life. What? It was awesome. It was awesome. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and so uh, he imparted to the ladies, and uh, we're looking forward to what he has to impart today. So open up your hearts. Put your hands together. Give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to John Groomwald as he comes to minister to us. Well, good morning. Good morning. Am I on okay? Good. We always like coming to Glenwood Springs. It's... Uh, one of our favorite places, and I don't say that everywhere, so it's, it's true. I wouldn't stand up here and lie to you. Uh, it's, it's great. We love your pastors and so many of the people in your church that we've gotten to know over the years, and uh, so we're uh, thankful that we're here this morning. And it was great to be a part of the ladies' meeting a little bit. That was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of a bucket list thing for me. I wanted to minister at a ladies' meeting, and your pastors were brave enough to allow me to do it. And... Uh, We'll see if that continues or not. <laughs> uh, boy, there was a lot of good stuff going on here already this morning, wasn't there? The worship, the word, everything was great. Um, I want you, uh, this morning, I want to talk, if you'd throw that uh, title slide up there, I want to mention something about this. Um, 
My uh, oldest son and I were playing around with an AI deal with, it's called Mid-Journey Bot, and you can get it on Discord, and if that means nothing to you, that's why God gave you children. Uh, but you put prompts in, and, it, and it's, uh, it makes a picture for you. And so it's tricky to learn how to do the prompts on there, but it's kind of fun. And you also have a limited amount of tries you can get before it starts to cost you more. And uh, we pretty much used it up to the end. And that's why it has two sons in the picture, because we couldn't get one of them out of there. <laughs> and, uh, but it was fun playing around with it, because it, uh, it really it makes something unique. And we found out that we had to have all the people in there facing away, because it, the AI doesn't know how to do their faces yet, at least not with the prompts we were giving. You have to get a little bit more specific on some things. So... We did that one for the uh, ladies' meeting, too, and they were facing toward this, you know, where you could see them, and they all looked like mongoloids. And so we didn't think that was the best idea. So we uh, had to turn them all around somehow, but it was just kind of fun playing with it, and uh, you, you can do a lot of things with it to come out pretty interesting. Has anybody ever done that before? Have you done it, John? Yeah? It's kind of fun, isn't it? All right. Um, open your Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 11, if you would. We're going to talk about recognizing the seed. You know, I've, I think I said this last year or so when, when I was here, that very often when I speak nowadays, I speak on some aspect of building the church. Through the years of what we have done, and we had to keep growing an organization that wasn't all in one place, uh, we have teams all over the world, and especially our area of uh, responsibilities, primarily Europe, Africa, Middle East. It ended up being a lot of people, and we had a lot of leaders, and we had a lot of, you know, everybody was good people, but not everybody knew how to organize and build and lead and have teams. So many years ago, it's like, you know, God put on me, you better learn how to do that better if you're going to help other people do it. Because, uh, and so I've spent a lot of my time the last 10, 15 years doing a lot of that with our leaders in that region. And I like it. I love it. It's, it's a great way to help people. And lots of times it gets down to the nitty-gritty. How do you hold a team meeting or how do you build a team? All the kind of things that, you know, we need as we're going to grow in an organization. But that doesn't ever take away from the miracle-working God that, that we have and we're a part of the church. We're not substituting anything, right? When we do all that, it's, it's in addition to everything else we've already we know and learn. So when Jesus was walking with his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, he asked them some questions, which let me side thought there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the transform, transforming power of questions and how that can help us in this great commission and the greatest commission that we've been given. Um, oftentimes, we don't think about questions when it comes to witnessing to people, but it can help. But if you're a business owner, you have children, you work anywhere, questions will help you. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to look in Scripture, and maybe it's stuff we've read over a lot. And we haven't recognized, you know, how much that can help transform a situation and, and even a person by the kind of questions we ask. So we'll talk about that tonight. But Jesus did that in Matthew 16, when he came walking with his disciples. He said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? They answered. It wasn't right. He didn't correct him. He just went on and said, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so that was, that's when he was revealed. And when, as soon as he was revealed, he declared what he was going to do for the next 2,000 years. How's that for a long-term plan? And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, you know, you can talk about just about anything in the Bible and talk about building the church. It's inclusive, right? And I call this the greatest commission that, that we've ever been given is to build the church. Inside that fits go into all the world and make disciples, right? And uh, so I think it's the greatest commission is building the church. And that's why every local church is a small picture of what he is doing in the earth. And, you know, say, well, what can I do to build the church? Well, you just have to put your hand to something right here first and then see what God will do with you along the way. So that's easy stuff. But anyhow, we're going to talk about recognizing the seed this morning. And I just, it's so important that we um, see how it all fits together because it all fits together, right? Now, you've probably uh, heard at least once or twice the verses in Mark eleven twenty-two to 24, right? And let's just read those. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Then he goes on, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, uh, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Very often we call verse 11, 23, the command of faith, and 24, the prayer of faith. Basically saying that if you'll believe in your heart something that's in line with the will of God, that if you believe that, speak that, you can have that. You know, Brother Hagen was the one that God chose to emphasize these verses to us in, in this last generation or so. I'm so glad he did. We need this. It's, it's what makes part of us, you know, makes us the supernatural church that we are. It's uh, very often, I think, when we have desired something or needed something, we did just like these verses said. We believed, we prayed, and by faith we received, and then it seemed like nothing happened. Or am I the only one that's ever happened to? <laughs> it didn't change the word. The word's true. But I've done this and didn't see the results. And, I, you know, and a lot of times here, you know, he says, what things soever you desire. So we're talking about things here for a moment, all right? And uh, you, you, you need things, you want things. And I'm going to spend a little time this morning then just telling, giving you some testimony about how we recognize seed in our life, how sometimes we didn't recognize it as seed, but how that activated these verses so that they worked a little better. And uh, so I would say this, when we pray the prayer of faith or speak with authority, it often triggers or activates something in the spirit realm that will then eventually manifest itself in this natural realm. Right? I think we know all that. I'm not probably telling you anything new. It's how God functions, and he gave the same ability to us. You know, sometimes we'll quote, you know, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. Well, that same spirit dwells in me for a lot of other things, too. Amen. I may not need my body to be quickened for something specific, but that same spirit in me has full of wisdom. It's, and that's where we, you know, can be full of faith. So... 
Very often, I think, when we pray this prayer, you know, we've gone, you know, the Father, I this is what I believe. I'm saying it, or I'm praying it, and I receive it in Jesus' name. And then we're all done, and it's everything else from here on out is up to God. Sometimes that might be true, depending on what that prayer is for. Other times, I have found that uh, this is a prayer that simply gets the ball rolling, right? And so then we must keep our ears open and attentive, the ears of our heart open and attentive to some kind of instruction that he might have for us because we prayed this prayer. And uh, lots of times prayer is just the avenue that we've given God to speak to us on. I don't know about you, have you ever had a monologue with God but never really asked him anything? And you're, you're talking, 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 and then you finally ask a question and boom, you got an answer. I've done that way too many times where I've, you know, been giving him my opinion about a situation um, without really saying, God, what do, you want, what, what do we do about this? I could probably tell you way too many stories about that. Uh, I think most of you are familiar with, you don't have to turn to these, but with the parable of the sower in Mark 4 or Matthew 13, you can either one. And Jesus often taught in parables, we know that. And the idea was to teach spiritual truths in a way that made people think, right? He wasn't always just telling somebody something direct. He was telling them something that would make them think. I don't know sometimes if we think as much as we should, right? Where we think about it, roll it over, where it becomes that thinking process almost becomes a meditation process. And where we, that's the place where our understanding gets opened up, we get revelation. But he taught that way. And uh, so I love that parable of the sower. And uh, he, I think it has a lot of applications, of course, but I think Jesus was talking more about the condition of the heart and receiving the word. The seed is rarely the problem, but the ground often is, right? So, I, you know, the, the word, the, as far as the word being the seed, that's obvious that it's always good. But we're going to talk about the importance of recognizing seed when it's given to us. So I want you to turn to John chapter 6. And again, everybody back in the media booth, if I'm adding extra scriptures that I can give you, I apologize. Um, John chapter 6, starting in verse 1, and this is uh, well-known also, miracle of feeding the 5,000. He says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he had performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? There's a question. We'll, we'll come, probably come back to this question tonight. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Does that make any of you nervous? <laughs> that he was testing them? I wonder if he's ever tested us. I'm pretty sure he's done it many times. You know, you do it with your kids. You'll ask them a question sometimes. You know the answer. You're testing to see if they know. Um, verse 7, Philip said to him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, 
There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now that there, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. This is another side thought. But before he does this miracle, he organizes them. Right? It wasn't just haphazard. It wasn't just throwing fish and bread around. He had them sit down in groups. And aren't you glad that he had some disciples to help him with this? And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, filled twelve baskets with the fragments and five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world." So I want to look at it this way for a moment. You know, Jesus asked the question, how are we going to feed these people? I don't even know if it was his responsibility to do it, but he wanted to. And so, you know, when they said, well, there's a lad here that has some fish and bread, and uh, that's what he was looking for, right? He must have known that was there when he was testing them. And so he took, but he took inventory of what was there, what was available. And they said the money wasn't enough. You ever been where the money wasn't enough? But he, what else was there? Well, there was some, you know, the, there was the, the bread and the fish. And so they, had, they brought that to him where he could give thanks for it. And miraculously, that fed all of them. So that, that bread and that fish were the seed that produced, you know, the, where he could produce the miracle and feed all those people. But what he did first was he organized, he took inventory of what was there, and then the miracle happened. I wonder sometimes what we have in our inventory that we don't recognize as seed. So it could be the seed for a miracle you need. I think that we're living in a day when this kind of thing is going to be so important for us Because you don't know what the days ahead are going to bring. We're living in weird times. And I think we need to know how to function like this. We need to recognize our seed, know when and where to sow it, and then we can expect a miracle from that. When, well, I'll come back to that thought. So, many years ago, we had just moved from, we were living in Tulsa a little bit and had moved to Terre Haute, Indiana to pastor. Um, it wasn't something we had looked to do, but it was definitely God's will. And when we went up there, you know, there was, it was a little group of people. They hadn't even formed legally yet, didn't have a building or anything. And uh, so we started meeting, and you know, there was maybe 30, 35 people there. Um, we, had, we had had our discussions about how this would work and, you know, what could they afford to pay us. And it was about 30% of what we'd been making. So we were going to take a 70% pay cut, and this was the will of God. Doesn't sound like the will of God, does it? But very often, when God wants to give you a place of more influence, you're going to have to go and start out with something less than you had before. And it's, you have to walk by faith in that. And it's, it's just kind of the way it works. Why? I don't know why he does it that way all the time, but sometimes it just seems that way. So, you know, our idea was, 
well, I'll go at least get a part-time job while we're starting to pastor this group of people and we've got formed legally and all that. And I mean, I'm telling you, every time that I wanted to go and see if I could get a part-time job, it was like, you know, the Holy Spirit just had a rope around my waist going, nope, you're not, I don't want you doing that. Zach was maybe, what, two years old by then? So we thought, well, Michelle could maybe get a part-time job if I can't. But um, no, we had the same thing, nope. And Zach was two, and like, he was like, no help at all to get a job. <laughs> so, it, but this was the Holy Spirit dealing with us at that time. He may deal with you differently. We were more than willing to work besides. But it's just like he didn't want us to. And I was like, God, well, if that's true, and I believe that we've tested that enough trying to go out and do it, that you're going to have to do something more here. And... Uh, it was a great couple of years of us learning some, looking at finances different and how the word worked with that. Uh, and that, that's not something I need to go into at the moment. But so we had moved up there. We hadn't been there very long. And I got a call. Well, we, we decided, you know, you know, we have a kid. And, you know, we said we'd never get a minivan, just like every young couple says until they start having kids. Because it's like, I don't want to be seen in a minivan. And, uh, but we thought, ah, you know, we're going to, this, a minivan would be a good ride right now. And so this is, you know, 90, 91. And, uh, so we just, we put a picture up on the refrigerator and, you know, we got a, we we're believing for a new van and, uh, we didn't have the money for it. So we, uh, I get a call from a friend one day. He goes, Hey, I, I got a vehicle I want to give you. It's in Tulsa. And I'm thinking, Praise God, a new van. And uh, so he starts telling me about it. And he said, yeah, I bought this off of this 80-year-old woman. Uh, that she, can't, she got her driver's license taken away from her. And uh, she did kind of crease the right side of the car going through the drive through at the bank. And I mean, really creased it. She just kept going when she hit the post. Just didn't stop and back up. Just kept going. And he goes, and, you know, the back window was broken because somebody threw a pumpkin through it. Um, but the window's fixed. So I'm thinking, God, I thought we had new van faith, and we've got old gray car dented with pumpkin in it faith. And I was a little discouraged by that. So it was going to be a little while before we got down to Tulsa again, and so we, we drove back down there, and, you know, we, we pull in the neighborhood where the friend that called and said they had the car lives. And when we pulled around the corner, I saw that gray car sitting there. And in letters this big on the side of the car, I saw S-E-E-D. That spells seed, just in case some of you didn't follow it. <laughs> I mean, I saw that on the side of the car. And I'm like, oh. Well, I'm still not putting this all together. So... We, uh, when we went back to Terre Haute, Indiana, you know, it's about a nine-hour drive from there, and uh, I used probably as much oil in that car as I did gas on the way back. <laughs> and the headliner was falling down. It was like a Bedouin tent inside there, <laughs> and you could you still smell pumpkin. <laughs> Every time I vacuumed that car out, I still found pumpkin seeds in glass. I'm like, where is this coming from? They just kept showing up. Well, okay, so it was seed, and we knew we should plant that car somewhere, but there was a problem with the title. And it took 
a long time to get that silly title straightened out. And, uh, and by, you know, by the time that that happened, we were, we were going to be leaving the church. I, that car was parked for a while next to the garage because the title wasn't good enough and you couldn't um, put plates on it anymore. And uh, so it was just sitting there. Well, well, you know, then we know that we're supposed to move to Germany. And, you know, we finally, I mean, just like right before we're done in Terre Haute, that title finally makes it to us. I don't know, it just took forever long. I don't know what the deal was. And... Uh, so we gave it to the new guy that was coming there to pastor, and they had a kid. And, you know, it wasn't a great car, but it was better than no car. And it was seed. So we planted that, and then we took off for 13 weeks to drive around America and say hi and visit everybody we know, raising support to move overseas. And uh, so it probably was um, five, six weeks later, we were in Boise, Idaho at my sister's. And we got a phone call from somebody. Of course, this is before, you know, online banking and cell phones. And uh, we got a call from somebody and said, hey, um, we've been trying to track you down. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how they got my sister's number. But they said, we have a, a van we wanted to give you. It wasn't brand new, but it was good. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, hey, thanks and blah, blah, blah. And you can, they told us how we could pick it up and everything. And. Um, so we're driving out of Boise, you know, just down on the highway somewhere. And, I, you know, I think Michelle and Zach were both sleeping. And I'm just asking God, why did this van take so long? You know, we've been believing for this for a long time. And, and he spoke to my heart. And he said, you just planted the seed just some weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I get it. Right? So we had prayed, we'd believed, we'd received, but somewhere in there, he needed us to plant seed for this to happen. It wasn't, didn't seem like it was going to work without that. And so that, that car, you know, what, is, what does he say in 2 Corinthians 9? He gives seed to the sower. And we were ready to sow. I mean, I wanted to get rid of that car and to sow it. And you're thinking, okay, that wasn't even very good seed, but that seed helped produce a van that we were believing for that cost us nothing. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's, if we hadn't, you know, I'm so glad that God showed me seed on the side of that car because I might not have recognized it as seed otherwise. And uh, so we were always trying to get that title done and get that thing, that seed in the ground so it could produce for us. And anyhow, so that did. But turn to 2 Corinthians 9. And verse 10, this is in the NLT. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. He said, in the same way that he does with the farmer. Every farmer knows you've got to plant seeds if you want to harvest. Right? Sometimes we haven't known that as well as the farmers have. Um, verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Now, I want to read these same verses in this Passion Translation. <clears throat> verse 10, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. In the Passion Translation, they, they like the word extravagant. 
You see it even like in, in the epistles when he talks about what God did for us in Christ and, and the extravagant grace that he poured out on us and provided for us. But it's a good word here. Um, for, yeah, first he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. There's some good words, aren't there? You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion for which we take your gifts to those in need. It causes many to give thanks to God. So he gives seed to the sower. Why? So we'll sow it. Yeah. Right? That, that, that car was a seed, but it was sitting there next to the garage not being planted. It's just like if you'd had it on a shelf in your garage, you said, I'd sure like a garden full of beautiful flowers and fruits and vegetables, but that isn't going to get it until you plant the seeds. I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard before. But I hope that it speaks to you in some way. I think, you know, if, if God wanted me to speak on this today, there's a reason for it. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we're, we were thankful about that van and, and how that produced for us. There was years before that, I was working for, you know, some of you may remember, Ed Dufresne. And Ed Dufresne traveled around the U.S. and around the world some. And uh, I was working for him. Michelle's brother Joe was working for him at the same time. And uh, we, um, you know, he paid us and he tried to pay us as much as he could. But it was, it was tight. And one day when I'm driving to work, um, I got real strong on the inside just that, to send $50 to this couple we knew in Central America. They were missionaries there. So when I got to work, I called Michelle and said, hey, how much money do we have in the account? And I told her why. She said, $51. I said, good, we're covered. You know, send the check. So we sent off the $50 to them and, of course, didn't think much more about it. I mean, if you only got $51 in your account, what difference does it make? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Might as well give 50 You know, it's better to sow it than to eat it. I was another guy and I, when I got my real estate license while I was still in college and, um, you know, another guy and I bought his dumpy little house in town in Greeley. And uh, I mean, it was, it was so bad that you couldn't hardly keep a candle lit when there was wind blowing. That was inside the house. That we'd, we'd get frost on the inside of our shower because there was no insulation in the wall. We had to change a few things. Uh, but, um, and I was telling you that for, I'll come back to that then. I'm going to have four stories going here. Um, so anyhow, we planted that $50 and didn't think much about it. And then uh, not long after that, I, we got a call from a businessman there in town that we knew. And he said, you know, could you come over? And he, you know, he's, he's, um, he's a very direct guy and when he, he gets real serious about stuff. And the way he was talking on the phone, I thought, he doesn't sound like he's happy. You know, so we drive over there, and, you know, we knew their family some too. And, you know, we sit down, and he was an oil and gas guy. And he goes, um, I want to put you on salary. I said, well, I already have a job. He goes, I know. He goes, and I'm, gonna, I'm still going to put you on salary and pay you while you're working there. And he says, I'm going to give you $500 a month until the Lord says not to. I didn't have to, we, all we were doing was working for Ed Dufresne. But $500 a month, you know, was, was a help. And, and he, 
he, was, he, he humbled us because he would show up at our door on the first of every month and give us a check for $500. He did that for 18 months. And somewhere during that, you know, we asked God about that, you know, how does that work? And he took us right back to that $50 that we planted in Central America with the people there. And that was the seed that produced that harvest. That was $50 that produced, what, $18,000 in that particular case. You know, it's, it's not always, doesn't always work the same mathematically from one time to the next, does it? You want seed that's going to produce the best that it can produce. So he did that, and, you know, we were more than blessed by that, but the seed will activate the grace in the area of, of giving. And uh, so we, you know, we tried and keep our eyes and our ears open for that. Well, we were, then we're, we're living in Germany, and we first moved to Heidelberg, Germany. And, uh, you know, we had some, we started to have people work with us. And uh, I, I, I can't remember why, but we bought a car off of one of the uh, ladies that was working for us. Just a little old Toyota station wagon that they didn't even make in the United States. And uh, it didn't cost much, and we didn't need it, but we bought it from her because she needed to get rid of it. So, you know, we had it in the driveway, drove it around a little every now and then. And, um, and then during that, while we had that car, I, you know, if you know Michelle's brother Joe, he loves watches and that kind of thing. I don't normally care. I'm not a watch guy. But I had found a watch, a Breitling chronograph one, that just really stuck out to me, and I liked it. And uh, it was about a $7,000 watch. Well, I'm not going to go buy that. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I did that. I prayed, I believed, and I received that watch. A little bit of time goes by, and not much. And I come home one day, and there's a yellow Breitling box sitting on the table. And Michelle said that somebody had stopped by and dropped that off. Nobody knew that I'd believe for that watch. And I'm, and I'm thinking, no way. What you shouldn't say when you've prayed, believed, and received. <clears throat> like, I don't know better. So I open up the box, and it is that exact watch. And I mean, I am thrilled. Like, because like this, this was, you know, God. You know, because he was the only one who knew really what I wanted with that. And so I'm wearing that watch, you know, for a little while. And one day I'm driving down the road. It's nice weather, which, you know, we didn't get to drive with our windows open as often as we would like because it's usually raining in Germany. But driving down the road, pull up to a signal light, you know, stop. And I'm sitting there, the window's open. I'm in that little car that we bought from the, uh, the lady that worked with us with that, you know, my hand out the window on that watch. And while I'm sitting there, I said, I said to myself, this watch is worth more than this car. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I knew that I was a middleman on that watch. I knew that that was something I was just supposed to give away. So I didn't have it very long, and I gave it away to somebody. And we gave that car away. It wasn't much longer after that. There was a lady that came to us, you know, because we needed a better vehicle there now, too, and uh, said, uh, this, we were still in Deutschmarks at the time, which ended up being about half what euros are. Um, but we're walking along one day, and she says, uh, hey, um, I want to give you guys some money. And she ended up giving us 20,000 Deutschmarks. It was about $10,000, but it was the rest we needed for, to buy something. And, uh, you know, again, we'd planted seed. And now over the years, we have given many cars away. 
probably six. And so that's good seed in the ground, you know, when you're looking to get a new one in the future. But it's, um, you know, like I say, sometimes we didn't recognize something was seed and other times we did. It was on purpose. And, but I think that that watch and that car ended up producing a very good harvest. I didn't need another watch, but we did need some other things. So God was watching out for us. And uh, I'll run out of time here. Um, you, know, you, know, you know how it is. You know, we have scripture about regular giving, tithes, offerings, things like that. That's giving that should just be normal to us, regular things, you know, and it, it just keeps the ball rolling all the time. But there are times when God will give you special seed to sow for something that you need in your life. But if you aren't believing for anything, you might not even get the seed. Because like I said, you know, that believing, praying that prayer of faith, speaking with your authority, that may open the door for something there. You know, we should always be believing for something. Even if you don't need it, what about believing for something you could give away? That would be good too, right? Um, so I think we should always be stretching ourselves in some manner there. Well... When, whenever we have an unction, I, I call tithes and offerings low-risk giving, right? Because we know we should do it and we know what doors that keeps open. If you get a leading by the Spirit or an unction to give something different, that's what I call more high-risk giving, but high risk is higher reward. You want God to speak to you about this, and then you must follow and obey. And you know what? Sometimes He's going to ask you to do something that's uncomfortable, During, uh, right at uh, when COVID was all starting, Michelle and I had been in Arizona and we were driving back to Tulsa and they hadn't shut down flights yet. I think they were starting to do it like that day or the next. But we're driving along, she's reading, I'm just driving, and uh, I hear audible words to me driving along in the car. And I said, you, sh- you know, testifying about hearing God audibly tells you something. It means you weren't listening when he was speaking to you the way he wants to. It's like, when do you raise your voice to your kids? Well, so it's not a great testimony all the time. But it happened. And it's happened to me more than once. And uh, so we're driving along, and I hear this. So in times of famine. I actually looked over at Michelle to see if she heard it. She didn't hear it. She was reading. And so, you know, later, I think that day, I said something to her about it. But I didn't have the uh, feeling that it was us that was going to be in famine, but that we should sow for other people that might be in famine. So we talked about that and said, let's do that. And so, I mean, we were attentive, eyes, ears opened, you know, to what people needed. And, you know, the restaurants that were open, there weren't many people there. And so we would give 50% tips to help them. It was just one little thing we could do. But there were other things along the way. We had, I woke up during all that, you know, sometime later, and uh, three mornings in a row, I had this family on my heart. I mean, just the second I woke up, boom, there they are. And I, well, after three mornings, that you should get a clue. So I sent, it was early in the morning, and I sent a text to the, the guy, and I said, hey, where are you and how are you? And uh, he texts right back, he says, can I call you? And I said, yeah. So... Um, he called right away and he said, actually, we're in the hospital in Los Angeles. Our, our youngest daughter is having some problems. We're not sure what it is. 
And I said, well, where are you staying? He goes, well, we're just in a hotel at the moment, da, da, da. And I said, we'll send you $5,000 to help you. God put him on our heart. And I don't know as if he specified an amount, but that seemed right. And so we sent him $5,000 to help him in that time. So it was seed that was in the ground. We ended up, you know, that year giving twice as much as we have ever given in any other year. And I think there's a reason for us. God, he spoke to me so I, when, when things tightened up or looked like they were going to tighten up, that I wouldn't tighten up. Because that wouldn't have been good for us or for the others, people that were beneficiaries of it. So, and he didn't say that time was over, so we'll continue to be generous like that, right? And I'm really out of time now. So, Isaac was told, you know, he said that he sowed in times of famine. And I love what it says in there. And he, it said he received a hundredfold. And a hundredfold is simply the best that a seed will produce, right? And, and so God blessed him, it said, for Abraham's sake. Well, how much more will he bless you because of what Jesus did? So when we'll take the time to sow the seed, it'll make a difference. When, when, when COVID started and, you know, we were stuck in Tulsa at that time, you know, the neighborhood we lived in is, is nice and the people are nice. And so we'd get walking around the neighborhood. More people were out. Some people were sitting in their driveways, you know, in chairs and their garage doors were open and we're walking around and we're thinking, there's people that have boats in there that have been parked for a long time. Things are stacked on them and uh, they are that way to this day. But we'd walked around and said, look at all the seed in those people's garage. If you haven't used a boat in three years, five years, seven years, why not sell it and plant it? Right? Find a place to give it. I don't know, you know, Pastor Mark told me you guys paid off the mortgage on your church. That's awesome. That will not be the last thing this church needs money for. I got a feeling you're going to need it for something big still here in the future. And what if we planted seeds now that cost us nothing we take inventory of our, of our possessions. And what do we have that we could plant that would produce a seed so when the need comes for whatever it is here, you guys will be ready. You'll be reaping a harvest. And it's just fun to plant that stuff. You know, we had stuff that I would normally throw away. And um, our, our daughter-in-law, Sarah, she's a Facebook market person. And I just made a deal with her. I said, Sarah, anything that I might have thrown away, I'm going to let you sell and you keep 50% of it. Well, that's good for her and good for me. And, and I'm amazed what people will buy. I mean, I've had my hand over the garbage before with something go, I wonder if Sarah could sell that. <laughs> Pull it back. And, or, you know, we don't care if we give it to somebody. But either way, let's stand up this morning because time's gone. I just wanted to give you a little bit of testimony about seed and, and recognizing it. And I want to encourage you, you guys go home and take some inventory. And uh, see what kind of seed you could plant for a harvest. God wants to bless you. And, but if we don't plant some seed, but it's, you we're just not going to see what we're believing for sometimes. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word as always. Thank you for this group of people. Father, I thank you that they, are, they have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and that they are doers of the word. And you are going to bless them miraculously. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Mark. Praise the Lord. Thank you, John. You can be seated for just a moment. That was a good word. And, you know, God is always talking to us about something. You may think right now I have a need or something's going on. 
But again, he's speaking to us something right now. But God's always seeing the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. We don't know what's coming, as he said. And so God's working in our life in a different way. And, you know, when he says he gives seed to the sower, I heard one person say this. He said, you know what? If no seed's coming into your life, it might be because you're not a sower. And so, again, recognizing the seed. I love his watch story because God did something very similar for me. But I wasn't even looking for a watch. I didn't even know anything about, like, I was a Timex watch kind of guy. And uh, I really went up to a Seiko when my wife bought me a couple Seikos uh, for a birthday. And all of a sudden, one day, somebody gave me a Breitling watch. And I was like, wow. I looked it up, and it was like a $3,000 watch. And I'm like, holy cow. And so I started looking at Breitling watches and stuff like that. But even through the process, we were, we were in the other building. We were just thinking about this property and how we would do that. And I was thinking about, you know, I, I want to be able to be a part of that and all that. And so I got to wear that watch for a little bit, and it came to a point in time. And all of a sudden, right on the inside, it was like, you have this watch to sew. And so I got to wear this nice watch for a while. Then I sold it to a guy who understood watches. And then I sowed that seed. What God has continued to do in situations like that. So, again, this, this is so important as we look at that and understand recognizing that seed, taking that inventory. What's coming into your hands? Why is it coming into your hands? And so much of it has to do with sensitivity to the Holy Spirit as well. How are we led by the Spirit of God? What's coming? What's going? What's in our heart? What's God put in our heart? And then what's he brought to have that come to pass? So such an important, important message to us because sometimes we're not, as he said, recognizing something for what it is, but God does recognize it. And so we can, when we take inventory, we're sensitive we begin to see those things. So take that encouragement today and just be, be looking around, walking around, uh, looking to say, God, help me recognize what's in my life. And let me recognize what it is if it's seed to sow. Because if it's there and we take inventory and it's seed to sow, right, God is really showing you that and setting up some really great things concerning your future and affecting somebody else's future. And really, isn't that what it's all about? It's not all about us, but God utilizing us, God working in us so that he can work through us for something else. Amen? So how many of you feel like you were taught the word today? Amen. Glory to God. It's not about feeling, but you know, when you, you know I was taught the word today, the Bible says that we communicate with the teacher in all good things. We value what we have. And again, you know, we live so much on value judgments, but when we value the word that we received, again, because word, uh, he started, you know, with that Mark chapter 4, the word is planted in our hearts. When we receive that into our hearts, it begins something to produce. So he talked to us about recognizing seed. And so do you recognize the seed of the word of God that was planted in you today? And the harvest that it will bring, if we uh, let it go into our heart, we cultivate it, we meditate on it, it will bring forth fruit because God has already ordained that that word bring forth fruit. And so he says, when we know that we have uh, received something of eternal value, spiritual things that are, 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 are so important to our life as we go forth, he says, is it any big deal to communicate back to the teacher with a natural substance 
that God then actually turns into seed that has supernatural growth. So you can't really lose with God. You've received something. You'll sow something that in the result comes back to you in harvest. So what the teacher does, he says, I know I'm planting something in you that will have a great harvest for you. And then you say, well, I get to sow something in you that strangely enough will have harvest, not just for them, but for me. So God's always looking out for our best interests if we'll pay attention to his plan. Amen? And so we're going to receive an offering right now. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you can buy cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. Praise the Lord. The seed that you're sowing will not only bless their life, but you know where they're going. They're, they're, they're ministering into Europe, into the Middle East, into Africa. And so you're having an effect on the ministry that will go forth into leaders in these nations of the world. And so you won't just have seed into, you know, a, a minister's family's life, but you'll have seed into everyone who will be affected by that word, by that training, uh, raising up. And then, you know, in cases where somebody's training leaders, not only will you have a, a, a harvest in those leaders' lives, but then everyone those leaders lead... So we could go on, but it just gets big. The harvest is big. Amen? And I know you all understand that and are generous. But we get to, as Galatians 6 says, as often as we have opportunity. Let's do good. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are we ready? Father, we just thank you so much for what we've received this morning from the Word of God. I thank you, Father, that as we have received it, we cultivate that. There's such power in your word, such fruitfulness in your word that it will grow up, produce 30, 60, and 100-fold in the lives of those who have received it, will cultivate it. And I thank you, Father, right now that we have an opportunity to sow into the teacher. And so, Father, as we do, I thank you and I command the blessing of the word of God upon each and every person who sows today. I thank you that you supply their every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you that things will come back to them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I thank you that as there are those who have set their heart to sow, that you give seed to the sower. You give them bread for food, and you multiply the seed that they sow, and you increase the fruit of their righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Hallelujah. Jen Tringale will be with us uh, in the 1030 service. So you're welcome to stay. That's going to be another uh, a great uh, time of ministry of the word from a, a gift that God's placed in the body. And so as I said, you know, normally you might have come and said, well, I, I usually come to early service. But, you know, it's usually the same speaker speaking. But uh, today we just have the opportunity to hear what God is saying and imparting through different gifts in the body. So we encourage you uh, to stay and be a part of that. And uh, then tonight, John will be speaking again, and uh, you don't want to miss that. There will be impartations of the Word of God that will change your life. I, used, uh, you know, I believe it was Brother Copeland. Somebody said one word from God could change your life forever. Right? So sometimes we're like, you know, I'll get that another time. But that one word could change your life forever. Why don't you stand up? Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall.
You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.